Welcome to another episode of On the Line in studio today. I've got somebody who's always on the ball, Steve Noodleberry. Love Steve, it, welcome it. to the team. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, I've watched what you've done, and being in the room that I see online is uh, is fantastic. So uh, thanks for having me. I enjoy every every minute I get to spend with you. Yeah. So um, Steve is a fellow New Yorker, and uh, I had the uh, fantastic opportunity to be uh, on his show uh, just recently. And that was a blast in the ESPN studios. And I don't know how you got that gig. How'd you get that gig? That's what great salespeople do. No kidding. No kidding. Um, all relationship, you know, really all, candidly. Yeah. You know, I, I met the president of uh, ESPN. Um, we shared, you know, common things. I asked him a question. I said, hey, I'm thinking of doing a podcast. Do you have any insight? <laughs> They're a studio. And so we basically came to a meeting of the minds that said, I think you can help me and I can help you. And so I helped their salespeople mm -hmm. and he helped me build a podcast that uh, is now, you know, I get, you know, gentlemen like you who are on and offer value to my audience, which is what the whole game is. Always it's not true. just to do it. It's what, why, why would somebody invest 30 minutes of their time? And I give them a master's class in you. As I said, when fun. we got here, you lit, lit it up, man. The board, well, all the lights were going. Man. You know, so it was great. You know, it's like, that guy's cool, man. Share your background with the audience, uh, where you came from. This is a, this is a podcast about careers. And great. I think nice. you bring a tremendous insight as to sales and influencing and relationships that we usually index towards the technical side. So it's fun to have you here, and I want you to Thank just you. run on that. Great. You know, so um, I was uh, brought up in an entrepreneurial family. My grandfather and my dad were both in the retail shoe business when retail was a very glamorous business. They put in a lot of hours, but um, high-quality clients, high-quality fashion. So it was neat to watch. I worked, I would, you know, work in and around their stores and was around real class salespeople, dressed to the nines, had every trick in the book. Right. And uh, so I learned from the best. Was that in New York? I was in New York, okay. uh, Brooklyn, Canarsie, you know, you, you know, Long Island, all, all over the place. And so I was fortunate to understand that work ethic. You know, this is what we do. This is how we do it. My grandfather trained me. I uh, recently was asked to write a book, uh, write a chapter in a book called Standing O. And the book was written for charity, 52 entrepreneurs who wrote who they would give a standing O to. And I gave the standing O to my grandfather. Sweet. Now, my grandfather kicked my ass. I mean, you <laughs> know, with love. to the point where we almost came to blows a lot. It was like, this is my grandfather. But it was with love. Right. And he said, and this was old school mentality, yeah. every time I knock you down, when you get up, you'll be stronger. Mm -hmm. And... That doesn't fly in today's world where everybody gets a trophy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so the the interesting part of my uh, what's happened in my career is I've always outworked everybody that you know whatever I've done I've outworked them. I always knew to get in, find out where the bar was, and then shatter it. Mm -hmm. So it didn't really matter. But the one common denominator common denominator that I think has really made me successful is that I always invested in the people. No matter what business you're in, no matter what you want to achieve in life, there's nobody doing it themselves. Right. We live in a world that's all connected, and if you plug into the power of that connectivity, and so I did that early on. I built a you know, really large sales staff in the cellular phone business where I was not interested in selling phones. I was interested in being one of the people that they chose when they were ready to you know, purchase. Mm -hmm. And that was a different philosophy mm -hmm. 
And that philosophy today. Tell me about that a little bit. Let's let's go into that. What do you mean by that? So, no matter what product or service people are selling today, that's what they lead with. We call it show up and throw up. Mm-hmm. You get the opportunity to actually sit with somebody of influence. You know, I mean, right. here's what, what I do, and you know, right. you're trying to get it out as fast as you can. Right. When the reality is, the less you talk about what you do the more power you gain, mm-hmm. you know? And so um, it's a difficult thing to train people who are programmed about features and benefits. Right. That's really how most people sell everything. I sold myself. I fundamentally knew and know today that if you and I didn't like each other, mm-hmm. none of this is happening. Correct. Period. Done. So the biggest sale is me mm-hmm. to you. And never, it's never been more pronounced than today that whatever opportunity you decide to choose to go down that path it's based on that first, hey, I like you. Mm-hmm. I'll earn the right to talk about what I do whenever you decide, mm-hmm. not when I decide. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's unfortunate. I think salespeople that I get to train, um, they're a deer in headlights. They're like, okay, wait a minute. I'm a transactional guy. Right. I'm told this is my goal. I got to sell X amount of widgets. And if I don't sell X amount of widgets, I'm out. Teach me a snappy close. Yeah. You know, 101 ways to close. <laughs> Seriously. You know, when I travel and I see trainers talking about stuff like that, I'm like, Really, you still get paid to talk like that? Right. Um, so if you invest in the people as I did, it's a laborious uh, process. It takes a lot of patience. Yes. There's been many a time when I wanted to jump into the sale and just wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll share a story uh, later on, but somebody I met last night, um, my philosophy is I eat at the bar all the time because that's where the people are. Yeah. And you never know who you're going to meet and whatever. But if you invest in the people and take it long term, there's always some gain. They may never buy from me, but mm-hmm. they are one degree of somebody who can. Correct. So the, the, for me, one of the rules I write in my book is called the Paul Revere rule. And people look at me like, what do you mean Paul Revere? Paul Revere didn't go down the road saying... I'm gonna tell you what I do, but I'm not gonna tell you what I do. I'm gonna tell you, but not you. What did he do? He told everybody. Right. So I, I, I see salespeople not understanding how to build a long-term relationship, and then I see them, uh, well, I only deal with uh, CFOs. Well, listen, everybody's one degree from a CFO that if you become the storyteller, if you tell your friend, father, mother, that's a CFO, hey, you should meet this guy, Noodleberg, your business will explode no matter what you're selling. Mm-hmm. It's just being um, genuine and giving value. Now um, you, you've done that. You've done that and taught that in the um, old school way. But I've also been watching you and been a fan of yours before we ever met in the new school way, digitally awesome. on so, LinkedIn. Right. That's why I, I love talking to you. So I think the fusion of what old school and new school um, is really where this dynamite has just happened. All of the things that I did in an offline setting, I can now do online, and I can do them yeah, with scale. at scale. Yeah. I can do them globally. Mm-hmm. Um, I no longer have to be physically face to face with you. And I think the biggest takeaway, and I, I don't hear enough people talking about this, but when I ask people, I go, "If you were to travel somewhere and you were going to stay in a new city, would you just stay in a hotel without?" checking other reviews, you'd probably go to Yelp. Mm-hmm. People do that. That's mm-hmm. why Yelp, because it's your peers telling you what they think. Social media is Yelp for salespeople. I know this freaks people out. And when I do my seminars, I go, there are some salespeople that lie. Oh, <gasps> really? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, 
I, that is not part of the game anymore because right. whatever I say to you, yeah. you can instant, instantaneously check either before yeah. I get there yeah. or after I get Easy there. Easy to validate. And go, right. bullshit. Right. You know, and right. the minute you say bullshit, game over. Game over. You lost. Game over. So there are still people telling stories mm-hmm. about, you know, and I, oh, oh, really? You do business with them? I'm friendly with Joe. You mind if I call him? Right. <laughs> you know, right. You know? Right. so, you know, Social media has done so much to give you exposure. Well, it exposes. Right. It exposes the truth and it exposes bullshitters and it exposes great. And it just amplifies crap or it amplifies greatness. So knowing that, you better bring your A game. Correct. And if you bring your A game and don't worry about who you're going to sell it to, they'll buy it. How about the people, though, that are old school? I'm in my 50s. You're in your 50s, right? 59. 59. So <laughs> good for 59. I watch him every morning. Killing out, it. <laughs> working out. You know, uh, he's, uh, he beat me up this morning. So. <laughs> but, you know, how about the people who are entrepreneurs, career salespeople, um, don't quite understand how to best leverage the LinkedIn platform. And let's stay on LinkedIn, not Insta, not Facebook. Good. I I think LinkedIn is the premium business networking platform. What what was your specific aha moment as a pro? And then what's the message you tell to the person who's not really sure how to make that move? So it's uh, really appropriate talking to you because LinkedIn was built as a recruiting tool. Correct. So early on, when everybody was drilling into Facebook and all the other platforms, I had an aha moment that said, well, wait a minute, I'm actually recruiting clients. <laughs> the same basic fundamental nature of how you, you know, reach out, attract and retain new relationships for recruiting is for, for my business. So um, early on, people thought of LinkedIn as just a resume dump. Right. You know, I was one of those guys that said, you know, I used to know how to work a room. My room just got unbelievably big. Um, so I can pick and choose and filter the type of people I want to have a conversation with, like you. Mm-hmm. I tracked you long before I took the time to say, hey, I really like what I see. And and you'll validate, we, I have nothing to sell you. Right. You know, this Correct. was purely investing in a relationship which there's so much value in that, much more, I think, than any transaction mm-hmm. I can make. Mm-hmm. So I don't think people understand that because the, 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 the pushback I get is, oh, I don't have time for LinkedIn. Right. Seriously? Very true. If you're in sales, Very true. what else are you doing? <laughs> like, right. you know, right. this is absolute 24 hours a day telling your story, having people attract it, like it, comment on it. 90% of my stuff is inbound now. People all over the world saying, I saw you come up in Joe Mulling's feed and I'm in sales and I could learn and whoa, mm-hmm. what other universe did that happen in? Yeah, no, no, and, and it's interesting because in the old school days, uh, if you were a salesperson selling face-to-face, you would walk into the office and you'd look on the shelf and you'd look at the kids <laughs> and, you'd, and you'd check uh, maybe his car keys, see what he's driving or she's driving, and try and cobble together in 15, 20, 45 seconds some likeness, right? right? Oh, you like to fish? Right, 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 right. We'll give you that idea. <laughs> this, this, this thing on the wall. <laughs> Now what you can do is I can go to you and, and I can look at you and go, okay, let's see. Who's he hanging with? What's he doing? What's his habits? The charities he's involved in, the people he's with. Now I can set up a crosshair on you. And again, as long as I'm using my superpowers for good, because if I'm not using my superpowers for good, it'll get sniffed out. In a heartbeat. Right? So if your superpowers right. and your intentions are good, 
I really appreciated when you first came to me and you're like, listen, we don't know each other. I'm watching you. I think I can add value. Steve, I rarely take appointments and I don't mean to be a dick about this, <laughs> but I rarely take appointments. Well, I know your schedule. So, yeah. you know, and, and that's fair because. But you did it like a surgeon. You were like, <laughs> and in fact, so here's a tip. Steve ended the meeting before I ended it. And that's the best power move you can make. Right. Because that's what I do all the time because I respect your time. I'm out. You came in. You're like, listen, I'm done here. Bye-bye. Don't want to take my... I'm like, winner. Chicken dinner. Right? And with legitimately no agenda, you know, and everybody in their life has to have an agenda. You have to set goals. I'm one of those guys, very different than most VP of sales or people that are in the sales world. I set a goal and forget it. The goal lives. I know what it is. I don't need to look at it every day. I think teams that watch the scoreboard lose. Yeah, agreed. I don't watch the scoreboard. I do what Tom Brady does, is I play the game every minute of every day, investing in good people, yeah. and it always comes back. Always works. And, and I don't know how it's gonna come back. I don't care, you know, but, right. you know, so it's, you know, that, and by the way, that's the most fun part of the business, is the people. Is the people development, and that's, that's the key is, is, is making sure you understand that success will be an outcome of developing people and developing the right people. And, and again, definitions of success will change, right? And middle innings, sometimes I'll take an L in a middle inning, I'll lose an inning, right. I'll lose a round, right? The fight is 15 rounds or depending on your-, your, your Can your, you imagine they used to fight 15 I know, rounds. that's how old I am. What are they, 12 now? 10, 10? I think some, right? 10 or 12, it's great. Right, right. Days, those right? rewards. Right, that's where it's one boxing, right? Not <laughs> 87 different commissions, Ooh. but anyway. But yeah, and, and I, I agree with you, is the revenue stream and the, and, and, the, and the dry powder to go on and play. I noticed this about you too, is so there's people who play the infinite game and the people who pay the finite game. And I'm always playing the infinite game. There's no end to my what game. If? What, what if? I just want to stay in the game. Yeah, what if? I just want to stay in the game. There's too many people who put a beginning and an end on their efforts, right? And I don't think you do that at all. I have the fortune of having done it for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think where salespeople are suspended now is that, oh my God, there's a new sheriff in town. I, I got to adopt this, but they're, the clock is ticking. They're in a, in a place where they need to make more money or they need to reach some kind of goal or whatever. I've done it always. So mm-hmm. I, I, I respect the fact that there are salespeople that are not in that place, but they will continue to get run over by people who are playing the game the right way now. Right. You know, the, the idea of, and it's a simple question that I ask just about every salesperson that I either coach or I'm friends with or whatever. I go, give me the definition of a good meeting or a good visit as I talk about in my book. What's a good visit? Well, they have the budget to buy what I'm selling. Okay, <laughs> you know, they have interest, they are the decision maker, all the things related to a transaction. Right. So I say to them, what happens if you just meet somebody you really like? person becomes your best friend in life. Mm-hmm. That's a bad visit. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's just reprogramming what real value is. And um, it's a very mature way to look at how to operate on a daily basis. I know confidently that I bring value to people. Mm-hmm. There's no scam. I don't look at myself in the mirror and go, wow, I really got another one. Right. So, and I give that value freely. LinkedIn gave me an opportunity to share what's in my mind and what I've taught people, which I will tell you in the beginning, and this is like a great Gary Vee thing. In the beginning, people said, 
oh, just give away, you know, just give it to them. I'm like, what are you, out of your mind? Mm -hmm. it took me 40 years to develop this stuff. I'm not giving it away. We live in a world now where, you know what? Give it away. Right. I, uh, I'm working with a client in New York, a great young entrepreneurial lady, and we, we had this dialogue, and the dialogue I had with her was, I'm going to do the work for a month on me. And she goes, like, what? <laughs> I go, I know I can do the work. I know I can impact your company. You have a sales challenge. I will show you in 30 days what a professional sales effort looks like. And then we'll have a conversation about what everything looks like. And she goes, you don't want me to sign anything? or what's?" I go, listen, I've gotten screwed many times with, with a signature. signature. <laughs> I was like, so if I let you in on what we're doing and it's working, then I'm going to, if you don't move forward with me, mm -hmm. then you're an idiot. Mm -hmm. right? you know, it's like, you know, if something good happens to your business and you don't look to scale that. So I don't, I think people are scared to do that. Whether it's yeah. old school or new school. We call like, it a hungry Bruno complex, right? Everybody feels like they've got to be, have a quid pro quo on every single step along the way. And our philosophies are similar that way. And I love to hear that is my philosophy. And again, uh, hungry I'm, Bruno, a hungry Bruno, a hungry Bruno wants it. something right now, right now, right now, right now. Feed me, feed me, I, need, feed I, need, me. I need a payback right now, right? They never play long ball. And you know, V is right. Give, 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 give. And then ask. I adjust that a little bit, and 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 you know I'm a Gary fan, and he's a friend. Is mine is give, 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 and then be standing there when they need something, and that's a different philosophy. So we're always giving, 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 and then I'm going to stand in plain view. So when you do have an ask or a need, you're going to be like, ah, Joe, because he's taught me, he's he's inspired me, there, right? he's educated me. And he's standing right there because he's been giving me, I'm going to give you that business. And that's really, I believe, the way to sell um, and the way that I think forever successful salespeople have sold. It, you know, it aligns with how I live as a human being. I mean, I really yeah. do like the people that I get to be around. I feel privileged. And this is not blowing smoke up your ass. And, you know, mm -hmm. I feel privileged to know you because of who you are and what you've built. Your story is slam dunk. When you did my podcast, it was lit up because... Wow, look at the steps you've taken in your life. They all incorporate discipline. Mm -hmm. No matter what you do in life, if you are not disciplined, you ain't getting what you want. Correct. It's as simple. You're a hardest worker in the room. Look at anybody that's successful, and they mm -hmm. say, listen, simple. I outworked everybody. Outwork. Jerry Rice said, I'm willing to do what the other receivers weren't willing to do. Right. So it's not brain surgery. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's a matter of willing. What do you, and, and I learned this early on, you can have anything you want in life. You gotta figure out what you're willing to give up to get it. Correct. And once you figure it out, then it, it comes, okay, I'm willing to give this up. Because you're a nut, man. You wake up at 3.30 every day. I don't wake up at 3.30 every day, or I didn't start doing that because it was like, oh, you know what, I'm gonna tell everybody I wake up at 3.30. I was willing to give up sleep to do the extra two hours of work yeah. times seven days a week times 30 days a month, and guess what? I'm out working your ass because I got more time. That's right. You know, so it's That's right. when I break it down for people, and I think my edge in the marketplace is that there's a lot of sales trainers. If you look at LinkedIn and Facebook, everybody's a coach. Everybody's a The 21-year-old life coach. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Life, I'm going to teach you this. I'm going to teach you that. I'm doing right. this. Right. I failed out in everything I do, but now I can teach. And, and no disrespect because you know, everybody's entitled to what they do for a living. I spend every day developing new business. Mm -hmm. Every day. No, I watch you. Yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. involved in a dozen businesses at any time mm -hmm. with some influence on the sales process, the sales development, 
and driving new business. Because mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. you can talk this shit all day long. If you're not driving new revenue, bye-bye. Yeah. Someone's gonna eat your lunch. Yeah. So I do it versus talking about it, and that becomes very much more relevant to the people I talk to. They go, holy shit, man, this guy is, and my book is strictly stuff that I do. Mm -hmm. Now, you, I don't tell people you have to do it my way. Here's what I did mm -hmm. to deal with the rejection, and you know that's always a fun one. Hey, anybody in the room deal with rejection? And they're like, yeah, <laughs> welcome to the club. Right, <laughs> that's know? exactly what our primary skill set is, is, is dealing with um, zigging and zagging, really. I, I don't even categorize it as rejection. To me, rejection then gets processed as a negative input. And again, we talked about this before, being a wordsmith is rejection to me is empowering, right? Because it's, it's just one way for me not to get there, right? Good, got that out of the way. But rejection gives you feedback. And that's the way I look at it. If, if you listen to it. If you listen right. to it, right? Totally. And if you don't use it judgmentally. Right. Like one of the worst things you can do is say, oh, fuck, I suck at this. Or I wish I would have had that color. Or, right, right. No, you just got feedback and it's on you to immediately pivot. Um, or don't sell the unsellable and walk out of the room. I think we're programmed to be defensive. <gasps> right. You, you whoop, right. shut down. You know, you said something about me. Um, you know, one of the things that my closest friends know about me through my career is I'm not afraid to reinvent myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been in a couple of different careers, mm -hmm. and part of it is learning. I like learning new stuff, taking the same skill sets and putting it in a new arena is fun and different. Moving to skill West sets Miami. or behaviors? Uh, both. Okay. Both. But I, I, I have, um, and that's a really, that's an unbelievable comeback. Like I haven't had anybody say that to me, but. Which feeds the other? Mm -hmm. Is it a skill set that feeds the behavior or the behavior that develops the skill set? Mm -hmm. That's actually really heady. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not usually at a loss for words, but that's a, <laughs> that, was a, that, was a, that was a left jab. <laughs> I was like, that was good. I, I like that. I, you know, but I'm all about behaviors. Mm -hmm. be, you know, and so I think I have a gift that I'm able to talk. You know, and I enjoy verbalizing mm -hmm. my, you know, my feelings and my ideas and stuff like that. I was always that guy. I was always the class clown. When you harness that power and put it into, you know, um, you know, disciplines, then, you know, like, I, I clearly know how to drive new revenue for a business. Mm -hmm. I don't know where or how. I didn't go to school for that. That's the way my mind is programmed. And if you take that and you put it in different places, like when I wrote the book, you know, people ask me, like, how long did it take you to write the book? Wow, that's great. I go, 40, 40 years. years. <laughs> <laughs> it's my whole life, you know? So what, now, do you now, tell, <laughs> what do you tell the 50-year-old who's, like, on the edge of LinkedIn, and he or she is looking at a profile and going, oh, what picture do I use? What are their first moves? Give me, give me a couple great. takeaways for great. our listeners. Um, so the number one takeaway for LinkedIn in general, and I use LinkedIn differently than you use LinkedIn. Sure. For me, I use it as a business development tool. And the number one thing that has worked for me is that when somebody invites me to connect, mm -hmm. I don't just randomly connect. If you connect with somebody that you don't know, two things can happen. They both lead to nothing. If you accept... Okay, now they're in your database, you don't really know them, nothing happens. They can watch you, but nothing really happens. If you ignore, the same thing happens. I use one sentence, I've mm -hmm. used it from the very beginning, because mm -hmm. I'm curious. Hey, thanks for the invite. Hey, Joe, thanks for the invite. Can you remind me how we know each other? Mm -hmm. I give people three days to connect with me with an answer. If they don't, I delete them. Because my base, I view it as, 
at I'm going to ask them a favor at some point, like the Godfather, mm-hmm. that I want them to react to. So I'm going to call up one day and say, Joe, LinkedIn is telling me you know Walter. Mm-hmm. I need to meet Walter. Do you, if you know him, are you willing to make that introduction? Mm-hmm. Is there a better way to meet people <laughs> in right. the world right. than have somebody you know, like, and trust introduce you on a platform? So, you know, one, so, so that for me, LinkedIn mm-hmm. is the most powerful because people coming in every day, I'm filtering them and then I have real dialogue with them and then I take it offline. Let's have a virtual cup of coffee. Right. Let's have a right. meet and greet. Let's right. do whatever with no intention of selling them. Right. So you use that as a big mixer or Correct. a big cocktail party, Correct. invite only. And then once that engagement happens, you can do your homework and then you take it offline. And that offline meaning telephone call, face-to-face, email, execution of some sort of process. 100%. Okay. And then specific to your question, when the 50-year-old is sitting there going, I don't really know what to do. Just do, <laughs> you know, the, you know, I think people are like, oh my God, if I put this out there, something, you know, the big bad Buddha is going to come down. You know what? Mm-hmm. Nobody gives a shit. Just right. put it out there. Right. Don't care about likes. Don't care about views. Very few people know what they're doing on there. Exactly. So guess what? You're <laughs> right. going to have a lot of company. And there's no police. There's no, no there's nobody going, oh, you broke that rule. Right. You know, so right. anybody that's doing it. Um, I, I spoke in Cleveland uh, a while back and a buddy of mine went on before me. And I was like, great, man, I'll get a chance to see you speak. I'm excited. And the first couple of minutes of his dialogue, he was talking about R&D. And I was like, I was like embarrassed for him. I was like, wow, this is the most boring conversation I've ever heard. And then he goes, I bet you all think I'm talking about research and development. My eyes lit up. I'm like, okay, you got me. What is it? Rip off and duplicate. So what does that mean? That means find what the leaders are doing. Yeah. Rip it off and duplicate right. it for yourself. Make mm-hmm. it your own. Mm-hmm. But eventually exa- put your voice on it, though. That's, that's what right? I mean. So follow so their process. Right. Fo- right. Look, right. they're putting this kind of content out there. This will give you a roadmap. Yeah. Um, I, I did a video yesterday on my social media called Follow the Leader. Mm-hmm. When we were kids, you know, you'd go to school or go to something or you started playing baseball and the coach would say, hey, follow the leader. You know, <laughs> follow the leader. W- w- why is that a bad rule now? Mm-hmm. You know, you're a leader. Mm-hmm. You've stepped out in front of it and said, here's what I'm going to do. And I don't care what you think. So you're an example to everybody else who's going, okay, you know, if it's good for him, you know, I can try and do stuff like that with my voice. Mm -hmm. I'm not into that, but I'm into this. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just like everything else, um, somebody gave me a book a while back, um, actually my friend from Bank United, um, he said, uh, did you ever read the book Mindset? And I was like, no, did you ever hear of it? No. Mindset was written by Carol Dweck. She's a uh, professor at Stanford. She wrote the book 20 years ago. And the mindset f- I'm fundamentally speaks about an open mind or a closed mind, sure. you know, fixed mindset. You know, when we were in school early on, our teachers dictated what we were good at. Right. You're not good in math, Joe. Right. Guess what? Right. Right. <laughs> You're not good in math. Right. Because <laughs> right. right. you fulfilled it. Right. Anybody that's good at something, train themselves to get good at it. You're an engineer. Now, you might have had some inkling that that's where you wanted to go, but to Mm -hmm. be a really good engineer, Mm -hmm. you trained and learned, and any skill set is trainable, I think. Yeah, and and again, on LinkedIn especially, and again, we're going to use that just for our conversation today. This is not a LinkedIn commercial, but LinkedIn is by far the most powerful tool to connect and influence. It's unbelievable. It's, and you know, a $24 billion acquisition by Microsoft a number of years ago, people laughed at. And you are now seeing every thought leader, every thought leader in social media 
have, have now identified LinkedIn as the number one platform to influence people. And absolutely a thousand percent correct. And people use all different kinds of CRMs. This one's a beauty for me. I know everything about everybody in my audience every day. Mm. If you move mm. to another city, to another state, if somebody's written about you, mm. when it's your birthday, I still wish everybody a happy birthday when it's appropriate in LinkedIn. Mm. And they'll send me a note like, how did you know? Dude, you're in the same platform I am. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you, know, it's, you get a notification when it's my birthday. <laughs> you know, it's like, so, so it's hilarious, but I, I, a year ago, I put a, a very controversial video out there that I said cold calling is dead. Mm -hmm. So imagine the scenario. I find out about you. Someone tells me Joe Mullings is the shit. You got to meet him. And I cold call you. What a disadvantage to me. You have no idea who I am. I'm interrupting your day on my agenda. Why would anybody, even if you do get 1% or 2% success, why would you put yourself in that position mm -hmm. when I can build a relationship by liking, sharing, yep. commenting on your stuff? You're going to, who is this guy? And then when I reached out, the first thing you probably did was go, who is this dude? Boom, there's my body of yeah. work. Yeah. So why would anybody put themselves at a disadvantage? Mm -hmm. But they still do. They still you do. Know? I mean, there they are sales do. cultures that are cold calling. You should have seen some of the responses we got. I mean, it was like, well, you just suck at it. Thank God, because you know, I don't waste my time. But the thing is with technology is most of the time, new technology starts out its life by facing backward. And what I mean by that oh. is you look at new tech and most people's eyes are looking at it, looking backwards as to, well, that tech won't work because we always did it this way. <laughs> and so if you look, if, you, if you're able to look at new tech forward looking before everybody else, you have an enormous advantage. And I think that's what you've done well, I continue to try and do well, is we've looked at LinkedIn as the new tech. Everybody else is looking at it moving, looking backwards, meaning uh, you can't cold call that way. I'm like, absolutely I can, but my cold calling now is reduced <laughs> like dramatically, and my cold calling now is warm and hot calling. Efficiency. Looking forward. Right. So I think, you know. My you know, I grew up in the in cellular phone business. Yeah. We dealt with the same stuff early on. Yeah. Who needs a phone in the car? What do you, I, uh, you know, and, you know, so imagine when the real phones, yeah. you know, salespeople who were just knocking on doors, oh, the phone's never going to work. I mean, so, you know, I think salespeople are resistant to change in general. Mm -hmm. This is a monster change that does take an investment on you pulling the mask off of who you are and being very genuine and authentic. Well, we protect, whatever we protect makes us weak. Right, and that's, Always. And, and that in and of itself is I think the biggest leap for yeah. people is like, well, I'm a very private person. Guess what, they're looking for a French fry guy at McDonald's, you know? Right. They can be private. Right. If you're in sales, there's no private. No. You know, Share who you are, what you are openly mm -hmm. and watch the engagement from people who are like-minded. Now. There's just as many people that don't like my brand as like it, but guess what? I knew those numbers going into sales. That's right. I knew seven out of ten people were going to say no to me by right from the get go, mm -hmm. and those are Hall of Fame guys. Mm -hmm. You know, so mm -hmm. you know, understanding the playing field, understanding the power of LinkedIn, that it is, it is, it, and it's not going away. No. So if, when I look at a 50 year old and I go, listen. You know, 50 is the new 30 or 40, clearly. I mean, people live longer and smarter, and I think the average age now is 84, mm -hmm. something like that. So you've got 34 years ahead of you. And everybody's working longer, too. Yeah. You know, so, so you know, this isn't going to go away. Every day you don't do it, 
puts you 90 days out, yeah. you know? And so um, we're starting to do a lot of individual coaching where people say, listen, I don't want to be in a group. I really want to learn. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. I admire that. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever you do and whether it's me or somebody you know or, you know, somebody, you have to learn this platform because this one is a doozy. It, it is by far. And it's really taken all of the old school stuff that I've learned and I use those same techniques. Here's a beauty. I talked to you know old school salty salespeople, and they used to do this thing where if I wanted to get to you, I'd send you a, a one shoe, right? And you'd get the shoe, and you go, well, now that I got a foot in the door, you know, and they go, wow, you know, yeah, that. I said, did that? Did you do stuff like that? Yeah. I go, did it work? They go, yeah, totally. Then why'd you stop? You know, people got away from that. So we've taken that and modernized it, which is really all LinkedIn is just modernized the way you attract people and mm -hmm. engage with them. I find out that someone went to the University of Florida. I buy a little rubber basketball, mm -hmm. write a note and say, I just want to get the ball rolling with you. I know they went to Florida. They get a Florida basketball. Do the, do the, the role play of what happens when you send somebody mm -hmm. a physical something. Mm -hmm. We call it 3D PR. You're compelled. You, you, you what, have whoa, to. Oh, that was the, different. The, the, the you know? compulsion of having to return the gift, right, with behavior, right? There's a guy named Bob Cialdini. If you haven't read Cialdini's books or if our listeners have not read Cialdini's books, it could be the most powerful sales book you read. But that power of reciprocity, having to answer back that give is overwhelming and that's what you're doing there yeah i mean w before linkedin 25 years ago mm. when i started my sports marketing company we went to show you how things have changed we went to sports authority mm -hmm. unbelievable that that's no longer here but we bought regular bases like you would use in baseball and we printed out the dictionary definition of first base and the last part of that says a first meeting so we printed it, pinned it to the base, had them hand-delivered to 25 executives in the marketplace. Not that we wanted to sell to, that we wanted to know that we were in the game. Right. And the driver said, these guys just want to get to first base with you. You know, 25 callbacks. You know, like, not 25 pieces of business. People like, that was the coolest thing I, we have right. ever received. Right. You know, that clearly positioned us in their brain way before social media. Mm -hmm. Now you can do that kind of stuff on a regular basis, yeah. you know, and probably to sum up the whole conversation is that exercise was about me. I got the base because we were in sports marketing. And so my marketing was about me to you. So people who make up stuff with their logo on a hat and on a mug and, a, you know, nobody wants to wear your shit. No. <laughs> right? Just don't, no. you know. Oh, thank you for my sweatshirt. <laughs> you know, right? right? If you send them something about them yeah. that shows that you took one piece of initiative to learn about them. Mm -hmm. And um, probably the best example of that is we were working with a hospital group. Uh, we were working with Toshiba with a hospital group in Cleveland. And they had a big deal on the table, could not get the decision maker to react. We just did some research on social media. The guy was a huge James, uh, James Bond fan. We went on Amazon, we bought a martini shaker, hand wrote a note inside that said, um, hand wrote a note and the, uh, it said, we just wanna shake things up. Yeah. Instant callback. <laughs> How did you know that, we, that I was a James Bond fan? Like, Seriously, dude. Right. Right? So you have you're, access. You're to part of, par, partially right. a geek. You, right. know? you have access to all that information on the internet. Correct. So that's great. And so it, you know, it really is fun. Uh, 
you know, I ask people, is it harder or easier to be in sales today? Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of people last yesterday was with two people who thought it was and senior executives thought it's much harder. Mm-hmm. And I my goal in life is to teach people how easy it is to yeah. be in sales. Awesome. So. Well, this has been great. You've heard it from the master here. Um, uh, let's shamefully uh, pitch your uh, uh, book. Tell me about your book. So uh, I wrote a book called Confessions of a Serial Salesman. It's 27 rules for leaders and um, uh, uh, leaders and influencers. And, and it basically is a roadmap to success. Um, it's my process. Thank you for doing that, guys. That's really, really cool. The The reason why I did that, if you look at any great coach or any great team, you do this here. Mm-hmm. There is a process. Your process of hiring people, yep. nine steps, yep. is airtight. Mm-hmm. You don't deviate. You know, Nick Saban doesn't deviate from the process. Right. This is my process. I've used it since I'm a kid. Um, it, it starts with the when I wake up and why I wake up and what I do when I wake up, all the way to functionally acting in a sales-minded. Uh, so it's it's been a, a a great thrill for me to have my words, you know, legacy and words. My older son, who's a college football coach, wrote the foreword, which maybe is the proudest, definitely the proudest moment of my life. It's really cool, and he grew up in the rules right so as a as a kid that you know was you know a, a high school athlete him and my younger son both high school athletes they know what it's like to be in the rules this is how we show up always and you know living as a noodleberg so um the coolest thing about books is you know the the response i get from 11 year olds and 80 year olds the only negative if there is a negative is everybody who read this book is now calling me and going when are you going to write another book? And I go, dude, I just wrote a book, man. 1% of the population writes a book. And it's like, you know. Uh, so I'm writing another book. Oh, we're going to follow uh, up and watch the, uh, the next confessions, uh, the subtitle will be You Can't Make This Shit Up. Oh, I like that. Because it's just there's so many stories of people I've met and things I've right, done right. because I was willing to put myself out there. Um, so I'm going to put that in a compilation and, you know, just keep uh, spreading the gospel. Awesome. And you'll come on here and uh, pitch it Anytime. when it's ready to go. Anytime. Thanks, this bro. is fantastic. I'm so proud of our, uh, you know, growing friendship yeah, and uh, just glad to have you on board. Cool. So this has been another episode of On The Line. Uh, I'm Joe Mullings and in studio today, Steve Noodleberg. Be well. We'll see you soon.